have a Bible, if you don't have a Bible, just grab your neighbor's arm and hold it up. I want you to repeat after me. Say, this is God's word. Come on, say it like you mean it. This is God's word. Not Pastor Evan's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, we thank you for this time that we have to fellowship around your word. We thank you that your word is designed to change our lives. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. As we hear the word today, we thank you that the promise of signs, miracles, and wonders are going to follow the preached word. That the manifestation of the promises that are preached today are going to show up in the lives of every believer in this place. And as I have decreased, I thank you for the anointing of God increasing to feed your people your word. And that no one will leave this place spiritually unfed. I pray that the Holy Spirit will reach each person where they are and minister to their need in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. This year will mark the year that Word of Truth Family Church will break ground on its new facility. Woo! In order for that to happen, we must understand that the blessings flow when we put God first and keep God first. Amen? Because this is the year of favor for the faithful, God is going to abundantly and supernaturally Bless us so that we have enough to be blessed and to be able to be a blessing to this kingdom. I'm going to say that again because that is a prophetic statement to you all this morning. Because this year is the year of what class? Amen. This is the year of favor for the faithful. God is going to abundantly, say abundantly. God is going to abundantly and supernaturally, say supernaturally. Bless us so that we have enough to be blessed and to be able to bless the kingdom of God. Now, today's teaching starts our 2010 series on giving. And it's called Living in the Overflow. Say that with me. Say living in the overflow. Amen. There's nothing like living in the overflow. And today's message title is is entitled The Principle of of first fruit giving. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write that down. The principle of first fruit giving. Now let me give a disclaimer for those of you who are new here at Word of Truth or those of you who are visiting. Typically, I only teach giving once a year. Say once a year. I only teach giving once a year and I normally teach it anywhere between five to six weeks. And the reason I do that, that's a tithe of the year. Amen. Now, The other reason I do that is because faith can't come if you don't hear something. And the moment you stop hearing increase is the moment increase stops coming. Because in order for faith 
in your system to rise for increase, you have to hear it. Someone say amen to that. So uh, we don't, unless the Lord leads me differently, I typically only teach giving on the first part of the year. And the purpose of me teaching it is twofold. I am thoroughly convinced, say thoroughly convinced. I am thoroughly convinced that giving blesses you. If you were to take me to Africa, which I'm going uh, this year, I'm going to Africa this year. Uh, I'm connecting with another nonprofit to see if our church can uh, do what Oprah Winfrey is doing. Where we can be a blessing to thousands of people every month. So I'm looking into, I'm, I'm spying the land first. Amen. Amen. I just had to make sure that, that there weren't too many shots that you had to get to get over there. <laughs> they said all I had to do was take some pills and I can go. I said, then I'll be going. Because if I had to take shots, I ain't going. They'll see me via video. But I'm convinced that giving blesses your life. So the principle of first fruit giving, the, I've never taught it. So this is brand new teaching. I need your heart open. I need you to hear what God's word says, because I've seen television and I hear it on all different ways that it's taught. And what I purposely did, I did not listen to nobody's teaching before I studied it out myself. I have pages of notes from this study that I've done. And at the end of my lesson, uh, not today, but uh, next week, at the end of it, you're going to thoroughly understand the difference between first fruit giving and tithing and the promises that come with it because the promises for first fruit giving are different than it is for tithing. And then those two things are different in the same. So I want you to turn to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. Because the first thing I need to convince you on is that in, in order for first fruit giving to work in your life, you got to see that first fruit giving is a principle. Say principle. It is a principle and a principle should work on a consistent basis. In fact... All of the principles in God's words are designed to work consistently as we exercise our faith. Romans chapter 3 verse 27. Are you there? It says, where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Of works? No. But read, it with it, read this with me. But by the law of what? But by the law of faith. And the word law there, when you translate it in the Greek, is the word, or not the word, but it means principle. Say principle. And the principle, principle means an adopted rule, a method for application, or a law. Or we could say it's what God wants to do. And God's word is full of principles. And, and hopefully before, you know, you leave today, I can convince you. That a principle works on a consistent basis. It's not something that works every now and then. It works on a regular basis. And if you learn that and you know how to do that, it will work for you. Uh, for example, the law of gravity is a principle that God set in the earth. The law of gravity works every single day. Am I right about it? Now, you can defy the laws of gravity by flying in an airplane. But even that airplane, you know, it's got to come down. So 
principles work on a consistent basis. Now write this down for just uh, note taking sake. Mark 13, 31. This is what it says. Jesus said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words will not pass away. Now the word pass away means to go over, neglect, or to perish. So what Jesus was saying is that heaven and earth will perish, but my words will never perish. Which means that we can rely on God's word. So once you learn principles out of God's word, they will change your life. Go to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. When God sets or decrees a principle, it can be consistently counted on and trusted. I want you to write that down as a point. Genesis chapter 1. When God sets or decrees a principle, it can be consistently counted on and trusted. It's not like the weather. See, the Bible says, I am the Lord God and I change not. What he's saying is, what I have put out there to work is going to work. And all we have to do is not only believe what he said will work, we got to trust what he said will work. In Genesis chapter 1, let me show you a principle set in God's word. Look in verse 9. Are you there? Say, I'm there. It says, and God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together under one place. And then let the dry land, what? Appear. And then what happened? And it was so. In other words, God, because when the earth, when he, he, he made the earth perfectly. And then when Lucifer was cast out of heaven and he came down then as the devil He just messed up everything. So God had to repair everything back and put it back in its place again. And so when God started putting things back together again, he said, let there be water and let the water separate from the earth. Well, let me ask you a question. Has the water overtaken the earth all the way now? No. No. You know why it's not going to do that? Because it's a principle set in God's word. Now turn over to Psalm 104. Go over to Psalm 104. Let me show you now this same principle Stated in a different way. Psalm 104 verses 5 through 9. And this was wisdom talking. Psalm 104 verse 5. It says. Who laid the foundations of the earth. That it should not be removed forever. You covered it with deep. As with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. Watch this now. That means the earth was full of water. Remember uh, what happened with uh, Noah. The whole earth was full of water. And so he's saying here, the water stood above the mountains. But verse 7 says, but at your rebuke, they fled. At the voice of thy thunder, they hasted away. Look in verse 8. They go up by the mountains. They go down by the valleys unto the place which you have founded them. I like verse 9. You have set a what? Come on, class. You set a what? You have set a boundary that they will not pass over. That's why we don't have to worry about uh, uh, tsunamis and konamis and yamamis and all that. We got to worry about that overtaking the earth because God's decree is going to make sure that water never overtakes the earth. Why? Because it's a principle, say principle. It's a principle that he set forth. Now go to Romans chapter 2. Go to Romans chapter 2. Very quickly, go to Romans chapter 2. Here's the thing about a principle, and this is what I love about God. God is not a respect of persons. In other words, 
Whatever he put in the book for one, he put in the book for everybody. And all I have to do is operate under his system and whatever he told me I can have, I can have. Now in Romans chapter 2, look in verse 11. Are you there? It says, for there is no respect of persons with who? God. Now I like the NIV version. The NIV version says there is no favoritism with God. In other words... Whatever God did for everybody in the Bible, as long as we meet the criteria, which is faith, God will do for us what he did for them. Amen. Because he's no respect to persons. So what God does for one in principle, he must do for another. And I operated a principle that I'm going to share with you this morning to help you see that first fruit is a principle and because it's a principle, it'll work anytime you get ready to work it. Uh, years ago, say years ago. Years ago when my wife and I got ready to get married. Uh, of course, I was living in Jamaica at the time. I'm American. So I was out there going to school. I had saved money. Uh, I wasn't saving money to go to school. But, you know, that's what the money ended up going toward. Because, see, you never know what God's going to have you do. So you got to prepare yourself. Say prepare yourself. Amen. You can't spend all the year now. Can't spend it all. All right, just take some of it. Get another account somewhere and put that money over there where you know, whoever, you know, because there's always a spender and a saver in a, in a relationship. Hallelujah. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, are you the spender? And look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor, you look like it. There's always a spender and a saver. And so what happened is I had saved some money. So I was living on that money in school. I still had bills. So I was paying bills while I was in school. And then I was in school and that kind of thing. And so uh, I was praying and, and I asked the Lord, hey, Lord, when do you want me to get married? And I was graduating in December. And he told me, he said, as soon as you graduate, I want you to get married. Now, logic for me was I don't have enough money to do that. Amen. But see, you never compare what you have to what God wants you to do. And so this is what the Lord said to me. He says, Evan, are you getting married according to your riches and glory or my riches and glory? Well, how many know he has more riches and glory than I do? So so I remember this story in the book of uh, John chapter two is when you don't have to turn there. This is when Jesus attended a marriage and they ran out of wine. And some of y'all who drink wine know what it's like to run out of wine. (laughs) And they ran out of wine. So Jesus being the party person that he is, he didn't party poop the place and just say, well, tough. No. He made water into wine. In other words, he helped this couple the first day of their wedding. And I said, okay, well, if he helped that couple on their first day, he's going to help me. Because if he doesn't help me, he's a respected person. And remember, there is no favoritism with God. So I stood on the principle. And guess what happened? The moment I declared it and made the decision, I told, I I called, uh, at the time my fiance, I told Hey, we, we're going to get married. Find out if this is a good time. And ask your pastor and that kind of thing. And he, she did all that. Well, guess what happened? Someone stepped up to the plate and paid for our whole wedding. Yes. 
And it wasn't somebody we, are, we were related to. So God will use anybody to do it. But see, if you don't believe he'll do it for you, he can't do it for you. And what I'm saying is that the first fruit giving principle is a principle that can be worked at all times. So here's what I want you to write down. All of God's promises are principle driven and must be received by faith. All of God's promises. See, God don't go by feelings. He doesn't go by desperation. He doesn't go by situations. He goes by faith. And that's why what happens sometimes we think if we can just cry long enough, God will hear us. If we just shed enough tears, if, if, if we just describe the situation we're in so bad, we, we hope that God's going to move. But that's not what moves God. God is moved by faith. Say by faith. Amen. And I challenge you, if for some reason God's word didn't work for you in a situation, I want you to go back and ask God why it didn't work. Because, see, somebody lied if God's word didn't work. The Bible says God is not a man that he should lie. So if, and then he says, I'm the Lord God, I change not. So his principles still work now. So if it didn't work, maybe, just maybe, just maybe, you wasn't doing something you were needing to do. But I want you to go back and pray and say, Lord, why, why, why I was believing for this. Why, why didn't I get that? Now, see, most people go, well, it just wasn't the Lord's will. That's why I didn't get it. No, the Lord, that is the Lord's will for you to get a new car. It is not the Lord's will for you to stop at every corner and put some oil in your car. That is not the will of God. Amen. But see, what we do to make it easy on ourselves is just to chalk it off to, oh, that just wasn't the will of God. No, I want to challenge you to go back and say, Lord, why didn't that happen? So he can share, because if you don't go back and learn from your old mistakes, you're going to repeat it again. Amen. So let's look at the principle of first fruit this morning. Turn to Romans chapter 11. Romans chapter 11. Let's see what the principle of first fruit giving is. And the reason I'm teaching this is because our giving day is coming up in March. And you all are going to need some faith for what God's going to tell you. Uh, You're going to need some faith. I mean, uh, uh, last year, uh, I don't know what we gave. What did we give last year? No, I think we gave 6000 and I, I'm really, I, I haven't said it yet because I haven't prayed about it, but I'm, I'm really trying to believe God to give 10 grand. That's what I'm believing for. I don't know where it's going to come from, but I'm going to believe God for it. Amen. Touch your neighbor, say neighbor. What are you believing for? Amen. And so you got to hear some word before that day comes. Romans chapter 11, look now in verse 6 or 16. Romans eleven sixteen. It says, for it's the, watch this now. For if the first fruit be what? Holy. Then what happens to the whole lump? It's also holy. And then if the root be holy, so are the what? So here's what I want you to write down. The principle of first fruit says this. When the first or the best of a whole has been set aside and given to the Lord, it blesses and sanctifies the rest. I'm going to say that again. The first fruit principle says this. When I take, after I give my tithe and offering, and I'm going to explain the difference between the two this morning. After I give my tithe and my offering, and then I take a portion of what I have left. 
And I dedicate and say, Lord, I want to give this to you as a first fruit principle. What happens is God not only blesses what I have left, but there are some promises for first fruit giving that tithing doesn't give you. See, I, I used to think tithing was the bomb. And tithing is the bomb. But there's another level after tithing. And I have never taught this because I said I need everybody tithing. They don't need to hear about first fruit. But then there are many of you who are tithing and you need to see the next level. And so when we give in March, we're going to all give as a first fruit seed because you don't have to have it at the first of the year. And I'll show you that too. First fruit giving don't have to be done in January. And so I want to help you resolve some of this television stuff that you're watching. You know, because television, just because they're on television don't mean they're teaching you the truth. Half the time, they don't even lead you to a scripture. They're just talking to you. Come on. I'll send you this green, holy water from Jerusalem. Came straight down from Mount Gilead. And if you just drink this water. Okay. And then we send some money. They send us some water. That water came from Ozarka. Amen. It came from Ozark, but we don't know it because we believe that it came from Jerusalem. Amen. But I want you to see here. It says it's the first of something is holy. Then the rest of it is holy. So I need 10 men. I need 10 men, 10 men, 10 men, 10 men. Quickly to come down here. 10 men. 10 men. 10. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Okay, there you go. Thank you, Bobby. I appreciate that. Right, Bobby, you come on down. You weren't here on the first one. Okay, Jesus Jr., you go back to your seat. I used him as Jesus at the first service. Okay, now I need y'all to get in a huddle like you're going to call a play. Call a play because some of y'all are big enough to play football. All right, now, what God did because God will never ask us to exercise a principle that he has not exercised himself. So he knew that any first portion of something that is given will bless the rest. So what he did, the only way to get mankind back, he had to take now a first fruit of mankind, sanctify him, and then the sanctification of that one will cause the rest to be blessed. Well, he took out of this group Jesus. Come on, you're going to be Jesus. Come on, Bobby Jesus. All right. I don't, know if, I don't know if Jesus was blinging, but you are. All right. Now, the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So everybody born was automatically born a sinner. The only way, the Bible says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and whosoever believe in him should not perish, but have eternal life. So eternal life comes through Jesus Christ. So God had to take from mankind. And the Bible says there's only one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. So when Jesus, even though it wasn't easy, the Bible says he was tempted like we are, yet without sin. Every temptation you may experience, Jesus has experienced them too. They may just be in a different form. They may not have had the internet and pornography back then, but they still had prostitutes. Come on now. The devil still puts negative thoughts or try to put negative thoughts in your mind just like he tried to do it in his mind. So he had to successfully ward off that. Well, long story short, Jesus dies for our sins. 
And because he was sinless and he was the first. Remember this now. I'm going to show you in the next scripture. God took the first begotten of what he had. And when he did that, these guys in this huddle are now able to experience salvation because the first fruit was given. Okay, go back to your seat. So when the first fruit is given, it blesses and it sanctifies the rest. Now, I want you to turn quickly to the book of Romans. Go to Romans chapter 8, though. Go to Romans 8. Go to Romans 8. And let's look at verse 29. Romans 8, 29. It says, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be, talking about Jesus, he might be the what class? The firstborn among what? Among many brethren. So Jesus was the first. And because he was the first, now God's got a lot of sons. Did you see that? All right. So here's the question that I have. Uh, Go to Hebrews real quick. Go to Hebrews real quick. Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews 1. And then I'm going to ask you uh, a very intriguing question. Hebrews chapter 1. Write down verses 5 and verses 6. Hebrews 1, verse 5 and 6. It says, For unto which of the angels said he at any time, You are my son, this day have I begotten you. And again, he's talking about Jesus, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he brings in the what class? The what? The first begotten. When he brings the first begotten into the world, he says, let all the angels of God worship him. I wanted you to just see that God didn't give us his leftover. He gave to us what he felt was his best. And that's what first fruit giving is. First fruit giving is not necessarily the most. It's the best. And it's what you decide when you, when, when I get through with the teaching, you're going to be able to see that it's a principle that you can operate at any time. And then you decide what you need to do. Now, what is the difference between the tithe and the first fruit? And are the blessings for each one different? Well, the question is, there is a difference between tithing and first fruit. Let's look very quickly. Go to Leviticus chapter 27. Go to Leviticus 27. What is the difference between tithing and first fruit? Most people, you, and I used to believe, I used to think they were the same. How many used to think they were the same? Yeah, I used to thought it was the same. I, I, I never saw anything different. And so uh, as I began to study it out, I saw that, wow, not only was it different, The blessings that come with it were different. And man, I'm telling you, the blessings for first fruit giving are, are, uh, I mean, it's like, you know what I call it? I wrote this down in my notes. I didn't say it in the first service, so don't tell them I didn't say it. But, but it's, 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 uh, it's what I call the get ahead offering. Cause see, it can get you ahead. See, tithing just protects you, baby. It's financial insurance. You know how you have state farm insurance? Okay. If you have an accident, you covered. That's what tithing is. God just makes sure your stuff gets protected from the devil. And then if, if something happens where somebody silly does something, he still makes up for you. Amen. All right. Leviticus 27. Look at verse 30. All right. It says, are you there? It says, and all, how much? How much? How much? 
all of the what? Tithe of the land. Hmm. How much is all? Now people say, well, pastor, do I have to tithe on my income tax check when they come back? No. If you tithe off of all of what you made, the income tax is just overpayment of what you paid. Unless there were incentives like, you know, the home, you know, the kids, you know, you know, the different. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Okay. So I just helped somebody right there. He says in verse 20, 27. And, and all, how much? How much again? All of the tithe of the land, whether it's the seed of the land or whether it's the fruit of the tree. Whose is it? Whose is it? It's the Lord. It's not grannies. It's the Lord's. And then it is what? Holy, Holy to him. So the word tithe there means 10%. So 10% of what comes into your life, it belongs to God. It doesn't belong to you. It belongs to him. And so I want you to write this down. Tithing is a requirement, not a choice. It's a, it's a requirement, not a choice. Tithe belongs to God at all times. And then tithing keeps us God conscious and dependent on him. Now, here's the thing, the difference between first fruit and tithing. You can tithe without giving first fruit, but you can't give first fruit without tithing. I'll tell you the difference in just a second here. Go real quickly to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 14. Go to Deuteronomy 14. Deuteronomy chapter 14. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy chapter 14. If you're taking notes, write down verse 22. Deuteronomy 14, 22. It says, and thou shalt truly tithe what? Come on, class. How much? You shall truly tithe all the increase of your seed and the field and you, that brings forth year by year. And you shall eat before the Lord your God. Watch this now. In the place which he shall choose to place his name there. The tithe of the corn and of the wine and of the oil and of the firstlings of thy herds and of thy flocks. Watch this. That you may learn to do what? Fear the Lord always. Tithing is designed for you to trust God. That's really what it is. You prove how much you trust God by what you do with that dime and that dollar that you get. And it's so hard sometimes to trust God. I know what it is. You know, it's like, and some people think they can trust God with more money. Do you know as the dollars get bigger, it gets harder? See, you think, well, when I start making more money, I'll start tithing to the Lord. No, you won't. If you're not tithing right now where you are, you're not going to tithe. And that's why you ain't going to get it. And this is what I tell people. Listen, if you want your money to go down, start giving like you used to live. Uh, in other words, if you used to make $27,000 a year and, and man, and, and you start tithing and God start blessing you. I mean, you tithed $2,700 for the year. You were tithing and you start tithing. Then God took you up to 50000 and you saw that tithe check went up. Oh, man, I ain't tithing to the Lord now. That's too much money right there. And so you start giving back at the 27000 level. Eventually, you're going to start making 27000 again. Because what you're saying is, Lord, I don't trust you enough to, <laughs> to tithe that 50000 Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor. I don't know who he's talking to, but I hope it ain't you. Now, watch this now. We'll end with this. We'll end with this. We'll end with this. Uh, write this down. First fruit 
is an offering where you pick out the best from what you have and can be exercised at any time. In other words, you take the best. You say, okay, this is what's left after I gave my tithe. So when we give in March, you're going to be saying, Lord, I want to take this portion of what I have and I'm going to give it to you. And next week, when you see the benefits of first fruit giving, I just, uh, I just had a, a, a testimony this week. Uh, because there are two ways in which the first fruit can be given. We're going to give it corporately to the church. But in the Old Testament, they not only gave it to the temple, they gave it to the Levites. Well, some people believe that as well. So I had one couple who gave me a first fruit offering. They gave it to me. I don't teach it. So they didn't know nothing about it. They believed in it. So they came and they brought me their first fruit offering. It was about a month ago. And they called me and said, Pastor, we're, we're believing God for a home. And I, I told them about a testimony that I just got. I got a testimony where one of our members, unfortunately, for years, maybe three or four years, their mom had to, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, co-lease, co-sign. Had to co-sign for them because their credit was not where it needed to be. Had to co-sign for three to five years. They never had a place of their own. And uh, they start trusting and tithing and they start just believing the word. And God opened up a door where they got their own place with their own credit. The person didn't even look at their credit, just gave them the place. Well, when this person called me, I said, listen, we've already got one person who God did that for. And watch this. They got a call from the realtor. They were just looking to lease a house. And God, and, and when God opened up the door, not only... Well, they were able to lease it, but the person said, listen, the owners of the, uh, the property like, uh, would like to own or finance the property for you. Now, you have to understand, their credit wasn't, is not where it needs to be either. But the, they said, you know what, we want to own or finance that property for you, and we're going to give you a closing. And because now they haven't owned a home in a while, they get the $8,000 credit that the government gives. So now they don't even have to put no money down on the house. So here it is now, where they were looking to lease, they're in position to buy because of favor from somebody else. But one of the promises of first fruit giving is land acquiring. When I show it to you, it's going to blow your mind. Because some of y'all need some homes and some of y'all need some bigger homes. And some of y'all need multiple homes. Amen. Amen. God wants you to be able to, don't even have to go to work. You can just choose to go to work. I don't want to go to work today. You got enough stuff coming in where if you didn't go to work, it didn't even matter. You just call in and say, hey, I ain't coming. Anything major, just call me. Bless the Lord. Okay, I got off track. Uh, I'm going to have to stop right here. I, I know you. I know it's all right. It's all right. I'm going to stop right here. But I wanted you to see this. I wanted you to see that tithing is 10%. Say 10%. 10%. It's 10%. And first fruit is just the best. Now, I didn't get to read. Let's read. Did I read Deuteronomy? Did I read it? Okay, let's read it. And thou shalt eat before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose to place his name there. The, the tithe of the corn, of the wine, and the oil, and the firstling of thy herds, and of thy flocks, that you may learn to do what? Fear, fear who? See, when you tithe, it teaches you to fear the Lord. I can know if you fear the Lord. All I got to do is look at your checkbook. But I can know if you fear GMAC by looking at your checkbook too. <laughs> now, 
Next week, I didn't get where I wanted to go. I'm going to show you. Let me just give you the definition of first fruit. It is the first in order, place, rank, the beginning, or the principal thing. I'm going to say that one more time. It is the first in order, place, rank, the beginning, or the principal thing. I'm going to show you next week that the word first fruit is also translated where it says in the beginning God created. The word in the beginning is the same Hebrew word first fruit. Amen. I'll show you that next week. So did y'all get something out of this morning's lessons? Give the Lord a hand if you would. Every head bowed and every eye closed. You may be here this morning. You've never accepted Jesus.